You are listening to The Path Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. This episode is brought to you by the Wausau 24. It's a 6, 12, and 24-hour mountain bike race on July 30th to 31st at Nine Mile Forest in Wausau, Wisconsin. You can head over to wausau24.com. That's number 24, so wausau24.com for more information. They are offering up 15% off for listeners. You only have a few days left. It's good until July 15th. If you type in the code July 15 at registration, you get 15% off. I can vouch for the WASA 24 from a lot of experience. I've raced in the six hour category, 12 hour category, the 24 hour category, both in solo and team. It's a great experience. It never fails to deliver. The course is good. The vibe is great, and it's just an all-around great experience. And the number of people coming back every year, you see friends, you see people you've raced several years ago. It's just a great all-around experience, and um, I'm going back again this year. So I would recommend it. Head over to wasa24.com, get signed up, use the code JULY15, get yourself 15% off, and I will see you there. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Path Podcast. Uh, Nathan here, joined by Tani and Ock, uh, broadcasting again, or recording, I guess, again this time from my living room, once again. It's good to be back. Oh, yes. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much. Oh, yes. So we're back. I'm actually back in Southern California after a, a rough, rough uh, 12 days in, in Island Paradise. Nice, nice. Welcome home. It's good to have you back. Thank you. Yep. It's, a, it's a rough life. Someone has to live it. Yep. Auk <laughs> went to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. But it, it is definitely good be, to be back in Southern California and um, to be back with you guys. Cynthia and Marty Ackerman went to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> a little big Lebowski reference for y'all. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, well, I guess I... I I am going to regret to inform our listeners that I unfortunately do not have a Trans-Provence report. And uh, kind of a long story, but basically the long and the short of it is lately uh, just had some personal challenges in my life that kind of didn't quite put me in the right headspace to be racing. And uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, I made the decision not to race this year. And um, just, you know, everybody's got those times in their life when they have some kind of tough personal stuff on their plate, and that's kind of where, where I was. And so uh, I apologize to listeners for not having an awesome story, um, but uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles, and I'll live to race another day. If you were a pro, maybe you would owe us an apology. <laughs> <laughs> but you're maybe, not. Maybe. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. No apologies necessary. If we were your sponsors Nathan. or your fans, <laughs> um, I'm personally glad that I think you made the wise the wise choice. I think so too. Yeah, it, you know, it's a it's it's a big challenge. It's a big undertaking. A um, lot of mental ups and downs throughout the event, and I was not coming into it in the right headspace. And uh, who knows? There's a lot of things. Like I said, a lot of personal challenges and life changes lately, and uh, I think just a lot of stuff on my plate in my head and uh, eventually work through it. And hey, and you know what? 
racers are neurotic people. So well, <laughs> I, I think understanding what is and isn't on the line and knowing when it's time to push through and compete anyway and knowing when it's time to compete on another day and, and um, focus on something else is is just a sign of uh, a strong head game, a strong mental game. Strength, wisdom, courage, I think. Totally agree with that, Tony. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, no, totally. Well, um, I guess we'll uh, move on from that, put that one behind us, as I'm trying to do. Um, and uh, But we got a lot of other fun stuff to talk about. I mean, I mean, just in general, oh we were kind of... Bike industry is popping right now. This is kind of new announcement, new release time. All sorts of cool stuff going on. A lot of 2017 stuff is really, like, on the brink. Some that we can talk about, sort of. Yep. Because it's because like we can find it on Pink Bike. If we can find it on Pink Bike, we can talk about it. It's kind of part of our Pink theory bike, here. Bike rumor. That's right. Yeah. There's st- you know we have access. You know we're ex- we're expecting Eagle bikes on the floor next week. We can't say from where or from whom. Um, but that's kind of consistent with what we're seeing on on Pink Bike and Bike Rumor. There's a 2017 trance on Pink Bike that we think we'll have in stock, hopefully sooner than later. Um. A lot of the 2017 Kona product is on Pink Bike. Man, and yeah. all of that stuff is looking super, super exciting. Uh, let's see. I think there might have been a sighting of a 27 and a half operator. Oh, man. It looks good. I'm looking yeah. for a downhill bike. The bottom bracket looked a little high on that one. <laughs> Wait. Oh, I never saw the bottom bracket hot on that bike. I mean, in the picture. In the picture. On the pink bike. If you were to draw a straight yeah. line through the axles. It, right. You know, sometimes you can tell. <laughs> well, that one, that one did. You know, the the twenty seven five operator did get kind of released last year, and then they kind of I, something wasn't ready or it wasn't quite right, and they so it was like released and it was coming, and then it wasn't, and so I think now we have a what we've seen publicly so far is there's going to be three of them. There's a base model, a deluxe, and a supreme. Um, uh, they, I mean. They look pretty sleek, uh, but it's nice to see that that bike actually did finally make it out. Uh, yeah. The one thing they didn't mention, which I'm curious to see, is if they went with the Boost 148 spacing, which is very atypical for a downhill bike. It's funny. It's kind of going in the other direction from a lot of the manufacturers making hub differences. So now it's a it's a wide, uh, or it's a one, Boost 148 and a narrow Q-factor crank on a downhill bike, which that's what it was going to be last year. They didn't confirm that. Uh, yet for this year, but I'm look, hoping that is the same. Even though the new Titus switchblade has like 157, super duper 157. We have those in stock now. Oh, you Trail got bikes with a 157 rear hub spacing. Oh, they look man. good. They do look good. 29 well, you, or 27 and a half, and very you know money geometry right yeah. there with the high tower. That that, is, that was a huge step for man. for uh, pivot. And that's and I think that's laterally spark- and torsionally stiffer. Sorry, Ock. No, not at all. Not at all. That sparked some. Um, off podcast discussions and and some text strings amongst the three of us. That switchblade, it's a podcast favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that definitely is. And speaking of things that are in the shop, um, I think I think that the shop has the only uh, carbon Hanzo medium frame uh, in stock. Yeah, I just told Ock a minute ago he can't buy it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> we're saving this one for an actual <laughs> an actual paying customer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's um you know i did say i was definitely gonna wait uh, i saw that i think it was in there last week and i uh, when i got back and i said i'm gonna wait until fourth of july weekend i yeah. think it's gonna be a month or two before that one's ready readily available and 
So y'all, y'all should stop by the shop. Um, that is looking really sexy. Yeah. You know, something I just want to talk about that we've, we've discussed months ago when the Hanzo aluminum came out, because the Hanzo traditionally had always been a steel bike. It always been relatively heavy. And then this last year, the aluminum one came out, which was like a decent aluminum bike weight. Um, and now, and, and we discussed about the feasibility of building that up as an aggressive XC race bike. Right. right? And the funny thing is now they have the carbon one. It's very respectably light, even for an XC race frame. You know, maybe a touch on the overbuilt side, but not by much at all. And uh, they are specking a race version. And uh, the, the, I'm actually really looking forward to those things being a little bit more available and uh, highly considering, considering, haven't decided yet, but highly considering building that one up as an XC race hardtail. Because, and we discussed this before, what's the downside of building up a Hanzo as an XC race bike? Well, it was intended as an XC race bike. It's not XC race bike weight. Well, now it is. Yeah. Yeah, they're even marketing it as XC raceable. Exactly. It's, I I sold my Hanzo AL. Oh, you did. Dot 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 dot. No, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, and I think someone came in and test rode it and made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I wasn't going to sell it yet, but the fact that I got an offer combined with the the Hanzo carbon on the horizon was a good formula to sell it. Yeah, and generally you can build up the carbon bikes lighter. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we went in and actually weighed that that carbon Hanzo. Well, and carbon is a disease. <laughs> Which I have deep, I have a pretty bad infection. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree too. So, so that along with other things going on in the shop. So, you know, as you kind of picked up on, I think there's a lot of new 2017 both product and bikes that are that are coming out. Uh, now is a great time. And I feel like in the time that I that I went on my vacation and came back, there's like all this like uber cool stuff just on the cusp of coming out. And yeah. so, what you know what that means really means for uh, for the consumers and for the end users and and bike riders out there um, is that 2016 bikes product and everything starts going on sale at the shop. We literally have a team of people working on putting on putting 2016 bikes on sale like trance twos on sale for $2,100 oh my gosh and trance threes on sale for $1,700 oh man and on and on I mean if it's a 2016 if it's either going it's either on sale going on sale or like let us know you're looking at it and we'll let we'll we'll let you know when it's going on sale and and uh the 17s are upon us we'll have a lot more information about that next week and the 16 clearance sale is now like really officially underway. Yeah, and I was looking at the at the the website. Uh, that's again, that's www.thepathbikeshop.com. Uh, if you Bing. go, on, <laughs> <laughs> if you go on there, uh, there's some pretty killer deals on the. I don't know if it's 2015 or 2016 uh, Kona frames, uh, which are which are awesome. I I mean I ride still ride the heck out of my. Uh, process 153 week in week out and um, I actually do still have a, a still Hanzo but I'm not sure that's going to be in the stable much longer at all yeah yeah that's I mean that's true and then literally pretty much every 2016 Kona is on sale between 15 and 25 percent off as of this week so you know precept 150 is 25 percent off oh, um man. 
uh, fifteen to twenty five percent off twenty sixteen Konas. The whole line we have them all in stock. Kona blasts. I mean, really hot bikes. Bikes we've done well with all year. Bikes, great big bear bikes. Great first trail bikes. Lots of different great models. Fifteen to twenty five percent off. Yeah, that's that's true. And about the big big bear uh, local lift assisted riding. Um, I think the three of us have been up there, me at least once, you guys two or three times. So good. Yeah. It's amazing. So good. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and I mean, for local, we're not trying, like, for those of, for those of our listeners who have been to Big Bear and also been to like Whistler, like we have too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we, we do know the differences. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It's, it's nice for a two hour drive for a SoCalers. Exactly. But, you know, we, I ride my process up there. I think, uh, Tani's been riding, rode his process up there. Nathan, you rode, uh, Nomad. Uh, the patrol. Uh, the patrol, that's right. Transition patrol. Transition patrol. Carbon. Yep. Uh, no more With than one build. Exactly. What's that? Or your build. Uh, my build. Yeah, I bought like the frame, Nathan built build. it out. Yep. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. But, you know, nothing more than 155, uh, rear travel and 160 on the front. Yeah, you know, that park is so smooth. Honestly, I would have no problem taking a five-inch trail bike. I think I would still enjoy the day thoroughly with it. Um, and actually, I'm heading up there. I think I'm going to head up there this weekend and maybe meet some friends and not sure what the riding's going to be, so I might actually take my five-inch bike and go play in the park from time to time with it. Haven't haven't totally decided on that. I've ridden a 50-ton there and had a lot of fun. Awesome. Even on, what is that? Is that dark side? No, not dark side. Um Fall line, fall line, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's soft not, enough. Yeah, that's true. There's not actually, a I like a twenty nine or a lot on fall line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I believe that. Um, yeah, Maybe just like, for the listeners, fall line at Big Bear is kind of one of the old school, more natural trails. That's kind of outside of the ski area. Kind of loose and drifty, and some, yep. some some fallen tree hucks. Yep, a, a little steep section, a little steep with rocks. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a fun fun natural trail out there, kind of. Um, there's a handful of fun natural trails on the out, outskirts of the resort. Um, and, um, but yeah, it's not buffed out and jumped out, but it's still the, the cool thing about big bears. A lot of the dirt is, is so it's soft. And so it's not like a lot of, you know, like say for example, mammoth mammoth has a lot of big burly, super steep rock gardens where you're like, oh, I really would like a downhill bike. Right. A big bear just doesn't, I, I don't, in my personal opinion, just doesn't have that kind of terrain. I agree, and that's why those the one fifty one sixty travel bikes are phenomenal. Oh, well, yeah. it's not always pointed super downhill where you're going to get a lot of speed for a downhill bike. Mm. Right, 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 right. There's some pretty yeah. flat sections throughout a lot of the runs. Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that. But uh, yeah, I guess going back to what you were saying, Ock, a lot of the twenty sixteen bikes on sale and. One of the things we're seeing in general is like and this is probably what's going through a lot of people's minds, right? Is like, and in this time of year, everybody battles with this decision. It's like, hey, if I get a bike now, do I get one of leftover last year's bikes, or do I really get one of the new 2017s with all the new stuff? And I guess in general, this this year, this is kind of my general maybe editorial on what I've seen so far that's coming out for 2017 is between 2016 and 2017. It's incremental improvements. It's small improvements, not major paradigm shifts like we were seeing, you know, in the few years back when everything it's like, oh, here's the twenty seven five bikes, you know, big wheel size shifts or things like that. So I'd say I would say this particular year, depending on where you're at, if you're not really, really craving the newest, hottest, hottest stuff, 
no no hesitations to get leftover 26 2016 stuff um at, at this point in the season yeah I, I totally agree with that especially if the current reach numbers suit you because the new ones are going to be longer yeah and right that, i mean everyone's going 10 to 15 millimeters longer than they were last year it seems like yeah, yeah and, and, we're seeing longer yeah longer reach and on high-end bikes we're seeing we're starting to see the 12 speed and when i say last year i mean 2016 right right which is we're sitting in july of 2016 right exactly <laughs> it's funny how that works yeah and i mean and and you know nathan you bring up the the eagle the eagle has landed yeah and xo eagle and xx1 eagle yeah which is yeah. which is impressive and and that's the latest greatest hottest stuff but even you and i were talking we had a lot of time to talk this past weekend <laughs> that's right we we did a we did a nice good four four or five hour trail ride and which was xc good. downhill shuttle um, uh it was x just xc loop xc 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 right um which that carbon hondo would have been pretty ripping on i know it's one of the few trails you're like i want this bike we ak and i did the santa Ana river trail in southern california here it's in this little town called angeles oaks outside of redlands california and it's a it's a really smooth trail it's really unlike a lot of trails that we have in orange county area in that it's very low grade both up and down it's relatively smooth it's super mellow and it's like one of the few rides we honestly have in southern california where it's like oh yeah hardtail no problem it'd be great exactly hardtail with 34 tooth cassette uh <laughs> or 34 tooth chain ring yeah chain ring right yeah which is why everybody probably wonders why those southern california boys always run 30s and 28s yeah, exactly. sometimes like because everything exactly. we ride is freaking steep exactly and we rode that trail and we were like yeah i could have run a 34 or 36 here i could have gotten away with that exactly we have merging tectonic plates yes <laughs> <laughs> so we had a good amount of time to talk and um but uh yeah so we, we were kind of talking about you know how about that eagle 12 speed and again you know really cool stuff i uh, picked up that uh, 12 speed cassette at the shop the other day the eagle cassette and it's it's impressive yep and but at the same time look if you can pick up a, a 2016 with with one by 11 uh or any 11 speed type of um um drivetrain go for it i don't think yeah. you're gonna you're gonna suffer at all no, and and remember, it's you can always gear, you know, with the one buys. That's the other thing, by the way, is I, and I'll take a mulligan on this. Last year's, I was one of the last two by holdouts. I guess this is another just editorial comment in general on 2017s. Front derailers are dead. <laughs> no, like it's they're gone. Nathan they're, was a little late to the game on full commitment to one buy. That's fine. He was early on dropper posts. <laughs> Way Which early. I, I was late to the game on dropper posts. It's he was fun. way early on dropper posts. Uh, I yeah, I was. Kudos I was to you. I was early on dropper posts, and I was late to commit to uh, one by only. That, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you there were some cool front derailers coming out. I, mean, I know <laughs> Shimano. This came is out. the age of the best front derailers of all time. <laughs> I know Shimano came out with the best front derailer we've ever seen. Right. And uh, just in time for everybody to be finally just utterly fed up with them, and bike and bike companies to finally be like, they're. I mean, derail, front derailleur mounts are such an afterthought now. It's like, oh well, yeah. If you take this little thing off and call us, we'll give you a mount, and you can maybe mount something there. <laughs> I'll share a story about how I kind of relate to Shimano on this topic. So, 
in the shop, there's a lot of young hot shot mechanics and, you know, guys who can rebuild a rebuild, rebuild a reverb stuff in their sleep or, you know, a fit cartridge or, you know, a lot of jobs that I'm going to have to be looking at the manual for. Mm-hmm. But like, I've got them all on front derailleurs. <laughs> <laughs> That's an art young Flanagan. <laughs> and, and it is a fine art. Yeah. <laughs> That's some old school stuff. <laughs> That's the old guy skill. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. So right. good job, Shimano. You came out with the greatest front. Dr- Seriously, that was I, I, I mean, I'm s- attached to my strengths a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I like one by. <laughs> well, actually, just just a quick question, I guess, for so right now, if all of us Bloom got got uh, comped a uh an eagle rear rear drivetrain system, and from right now you you have your front chainring picks. Like for me, I, I typically run a thirty. Mm. Are you going to add the gear at the top or add the gear at the bottom? So in other words, are you going to keep your current drivetrain and enjoy one more climbing gear, or are you going to go up a few teeth on your chainring and keep the same high or keep the same climbing gear and enjoy more top end? So. Eagle just gave you another gear. Do you put it? At, do you put it for speed or for climbing? So Eagle goes. So that twelfth, the 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 twelfth uh, cassette goes to ten fifty. It's a ten fifty. So it basically it adds one one more step above the forty two. So you have two one more, more really two more. Uh, so from forty two to fifty. Forty two to fifty is is a it's the same percentage jump though. It's just adding another gear essentially, right? Right, because it went from thirty six to forty two. So thirty six okay. to forty two is a is six. Forty two still the second smallest. Yeah, I think it still Forget goes thirty six, forty two, fifty now. Okay, so it basically just added, gave you another gear. It's a lot of teeth, but you got to add a lot of teeth to get the same percentage. Dios mio, man! <laughs> it's a so, lot of teeth. It's a lot of teeth. Um, it's funny. I've never thought. I mean, once you get an eyeful of a eagle cassette now you look at an 1142 and you're like that looks like a, well, and then you hold a 180 small. rotor up to it too and you're kind of like, uh. <laughs> so my answer is i like 32 i run 30 i generally run 32s on my 11 speed with a 1042 cassette and i often think of scaring down to a 30 or a 28 and with the eagle i think i would still run a 32 and i kind of have this I believe that most full suspension bikes are optimized for the chain line of a 32. Okay. And it's part superstition, part, part science. Um, I don't know which, I don't know which bikes are really optimized for a 32, but I know some are. And there's definitely the thing where, you know, like a bigger chain ring is going to, is going to kind of make the suspension stink bug and a smaller chain ring is going to kind of open the suspension relative to each other. Right. Every suspension is kind of optimized for mm-hmm. a specific chain ring size. And a lot of suspensions really are optimized for 32. And I've just, I'm just real comfortable with that 32. It's one of those kind of, maybe it's one of those like resistance to changes things, but I've always kind of stuck to that 32. So you would, you would add a climbing gear basically. Yeah, because I'm already thinking about it anyway. And it allows me to do the thing which I'm kind of attached to, which is keeping the 32 and still get the climbing gear that I'm kind of thinking about adding as I get older. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm going to, I would, 
I run 30s, I'd probably bump to a 32, which isn't the full measure. Right. But I'd go to the 32 and take the climbing gear. That would be my choice. That's Awkward. where I would. That's where I'd end up too. I'd go from. I run 30s, and again, riding here in Southern California, there are some. Most of what we ride are steep ups and steep downs, and so that's why I I, I push lower to the to the 30 uh, when I'm running the 30 by 42. And I think I'd bump up to thirty-two to go thirty-two fifty. Nice, which is which is going to be a slightly lower climbing gear than exactly. the thirty forty-two. Exactly, and I think that's gonna is gonna help on some of those long, steep climbs that we face here in yeah. Southern California. But I just, if I try that, I might I might try it and end up putting a thirty-four on. I, I just want to point out the uh, the stark contrast as I often just throw on a race on mute. And we're watching uh, a World Cup race. I guarantee you, all those guys are running thirty eights now. <laughs> they if went the other 40s. way. If not forty, if they're, not forties, they're cramming the biggest thing they can get on their bike and uh, and run it. So they they gladly added the top end. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and it's amazing how light or how little weight you actually add by adding that fifty tooth. Well, yeah, the, their construction method with just CNCing out of solid steel the the first set of cassettes and then tacking on aluminum one it's it's a minimal weight gain they obviously those guys are not going to take a weight penalty if they don't feel it's worth it and almost all those guys are rocking the eagle yeah which is oh man that's when i picked up the eagle it's it's uncanny it's scary light for how big it is it is yeah you think none of them are rocking it because their sponsor told them to i don't want to be the skeptic valid point valid point you know what they very well may be using it because they choose to, and it very well may be better. But yeah, their sponsors might also be, just be telling them to. This is true. It's it is the slippery slope of looking at what the pros are running, considering this is a job and they're picking their tools for the job, and part of their job is to is to make the sport look good for their sponsors. But I think we all wanted a little wider gear range than we were getting. Well. I think many people, many riders wanted a little wider gear range than they were getting with um, the 1042 cassette on the one by 11. I think we all felt like we were, we, we were making a compromise. We're all willing to make that compromise, but we did feel like it was a compromise. No one wants to go back to two by. Right. So maybe it, I mean, by that, 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 that seems, I think I just made an argument in support of Eagle. Yes. I think you did. Well, Eagle was the next logical step, and I'm glad they did it. And I'm glad it wasn't a half measure, you know, where they like widened it a little bit. Like it was a full measure, like, here you go, here's the extra gear. And it was like, thank you. <laughs> right. And what's kind of interesting is for actually quite some time, I was running a, a 28 on my, on my process 153. Yeah, well, we even had some guys in our in our circle of riding folk that were running on twenty sixes uh, on twenty on uh, on a twenty nine er wheel, which is a bigger wheel. They were running twenty sixes on their uh, on their one by. Once Wolf Tooth came out with the twenty six, they bought them, right? Because we needed it for the climbing in this area. Yeah, exactly. And these are some really strong riders. Yeah, like really strong riders. And so, yeah, so I was running a twenty eight on my process one fifty three, and I definitely would appreciate the the eagle could appreciate the eagle uh, i don't know maybe on the 153 yeah so. i think i think that this is the future we're all going there no one's looking back yes 
Yeah, and definitely the death of the front derailleur. And Shimano's got the new, you know, 1146, 11-speed answer, which is noteworthy. It is. It, yeah, that was that was leaked a while ago. People have seen some pictures of it, and and uh, yeah, that's that's it's a it's a good compromise, no? Which <laughs> <laughs> goes up to eleven. Really thin pancakes. <laughs> uh, so do we want? So in in the vein of more twenty seventeen stuff, um, do we want to talk a little bit in detail about what Giant's doing? Well, we have. Um, Pink Bike's release of the 2017 Trance. Well, also on one of the websites I saw is uh, just something I I, want to bring up is that the Live Bikes, they made a 160 travel Trance, which is, it brings up the question of, we haven't... You mean a 160 travel Live Bike? It's a, oh yeah, it's called something... It's It's like a Live Rain. It's like a live rain, but it looks like the new trance. From a distance, if you weren't told it's 160, you would have assumed it was a, a live trance. Hmm. So the question is... Maybe that's what I need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, we didn't see new reins. I think the reins new color and graphics, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, is that right? So what's going on at Giant? Is that the? Uh, are they teasing the new men's rain? Did the women's... The new rain first. Oh, it's interesting. Anyway, well, that was- I think the live line is generally completely different. I mean, the lust and the intrigue are not are not um, they're ground up different bikes than the anthem and the trans, even though they're like you know sister bikes to those bikes, right? Um, and I think the rain's probably no exception. Where it's its own bike, we're not going to see kind of the men's version of it. Although we might see maybe a 2018 redesign on the rain, yeah, that that would that would make sense at the at the stage or at the pace we're seeing stuff. So longer reach, yeah, than 2017 rain. Yeah, as we were talking before, basically they're getting they're almost right on top of Santa Cruz for reach numbers. About you, 10 millimeters longer reach per size from last year. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually. Yeah, that's. A, I think that's a great move um, on on Giants. I think they could have done more. Yeah, but in in the vein of Giants, slightly conservative. Bottom brackets lowered by five millimeters. Good move. And chain stays shortened by five millimeters. I think those are both moves in the right direction. Again, I think those are both what conservative moves in the right direction. What's the yeah. drop on that on the bottom bracket? Now? Uh, Giant. I don't think they're going to list it for 2017. Are you and kidding? I can't, I can't discuss can't say it. it. Uh, <laughs> they didn't right. list it for 2016 or we'd be able to do math. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that they added, added they're, they're doing the trunnion mount, which is kind of like a bring back from the old days. Like some trunnion mounts, not a new idea, but it's n- new again. Right. Kind of like, kind of like oval rings. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're getting biopaces back, trunnion mounts, are and then back. the metric shock. Some of us thought that was a Fourth of July joke, but it's it, very real. Metric shocks, and it's not just that they're measured in in millimeters; it's that they're longer stroke and longer eye to eye. Well, it's it's different ratios now. It's different stroke, different eye to eye, which allowed different volume, different performance characteristics. It's basically it was just an entirely new sizing structure of shocks. Generally, lower leverage ratios. Okay. With yeah. longer strokes and longer out eyes and shocks won't be working quite as hard, which is generally good. Yeah, absolutely. 
that was something that the rain got knocked on when it originally came out because it didn't expect a relatively short shock for the enduro space. I think it's really going to be good for big guys. Yes. Yeah. Especially, especially good. Well, uh, especially with the uh, high negative volume rear shocks where the pressures have gone way higher, and those guys were already really high. Yeah, some of them were exceeding, getting where they had. We've had definitely customers in the three to 400-pound range where it's like, okay, so we're right here at the max manufacturer recommended pressure for the rear shock. You're sagging 45%. Right. Like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Boost spacing on the new trans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> boost that that's the other i guess general sweep across the board in 2017 is almost everything new to 2017 has boost spacing yeah we've we've talked about this on the podcast we we we've told you to see this coming it's, it's coming it's coming it's, it's here it's, it's here. happened it's pretty much here 2017 is boost um just a side note for one of the things that i hadn't uh found before and i actually shared this with ock is um Wolf Tooth is, I think, selling for Linderettes a very elegant DT hub conversion kit. Mm. It's actually one of the cleanest conversion kits that makes a 142 hub, a 148 hub, and it's, I would consider it totally acceptable. Do you have to redish your will? Yes. You do have to redish your Then I believe that it's real. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a really elegant end cap that's made... It basically fits on the DT hub and then a disc spacer, dish the wheel, you're in business. So especially if you have a nice nice wheel set that you like with some DT hubs, which who doesn't like DT hubs? They're awesome. 350s or 240s. And um, Envy wheels. Envy wheels. Hey, can I circle back on some shop news that I should have shared? Yep, for sure. Okay, so we got some new demo bikes. Oh, cool. We got, and and, and these are bikes that I think people should try. It's the Tallboy 3. With the twenty seven and a half plus, <laughs> so mid fat, tons of bees. It's your chance to try it. It's it's what we've been talking about on the show. Get out there and try some mid fat plus mid twenty seven extra bees. bees. <laughs> That's yes. the truth. Listen to our last podcast for a little bit of a take on some discussion on that for sure. Get your beesness on. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that was the last show where I rode that bike. The extra seems bees. like a lifetime ago. Man, that's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, yeah the the, the news about tr- the trance with um, they say effective top tubes have grown by ten millimeters. Assume that that translates to a longer reach, which is yeah. excellent for the trance bikes. Hopefully, they steepen the seat angle and the reach by even like, more than ten exactly. Millimeters. That would, that would have been the smart move. I think when I looked at the Geo on the Pink Biker article, I don't think they did. <laughs> and uh, bottom bracket has been lowered by 5 millimeters. Chainstay has been shortened by 5 millimeters. That's exciting stuff for that trends. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, the bike looks good. Still a rocker mount bike, dual link. Um, nice specs. Again, giant Giant's always hitting it on um, um, good good value for for the good bang for the buck when you get those bikes um personally the one thing that i've always kind of thought about the giants and especially with this upper trunnion mount which is i assume going to be bearing connected is uh the suspension always feels really really sensitive to me and really active um the, the pivots work great the leverage ratio works good 
Um, and uh, yeah, so looking forward to to throwing a leg over some of those bikes. Um, you know, I think one of the I, I agree with you about that, and I think one of the secret ingredients is the is the relative straightness of the frames. Okay. So if the front and rear triangle and linkage are all very well aligned, they everything moves freely. Yeah. Mm. And um, aluminum frames in particular and rockers exist within a range of tolerances. And um, we've definitely seen, you know, you take the shock off. Some bikes move very freely through the travel. Some have kind of a designed change in how freely they move and some have an undesigned change (laughs) (laughs) tolerant variations in other words um yeah and and you know what though so they talked about the new trances they also lightly talked about the new anthems which bumped up to 110 millimeter um and they look they look pretty good they do yeah and i think i had kind of heard um that uh that was pretty interesting to you my friend Nathan on the uh, on the anthems. Yeah, I I think the anthems looked really good. A little extra travel. She caught your eye. <laughs> the mm. anthem got my eye. <laughs> I think we'll we'll probably see our our buddy Carl Decker racing it in Downeyville in about a month. I assume he's going to be racing the anthem. Yeah, did I read something about uh, new TRX composite wheel system? Is those? I think they're always evolving those wheel sets. I mean, some of the high end ones. Them. I wouldn't be surprised if they go a little wider. Dyn- dynamic lacing stuff. Dynamic lacing. DT Swiss internals on the high-end ones still? I think so. Not sure. Yeah, so that's... Always um, preferable when when making a hub that's not uh, not a DT hub is use, use the use DT the internals. Yeah, exactly. Star Ratchets are my preferred engagement system. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... Absolutely. Yeah, I've got a ro- set of road wheels with the um, DT Swiss internals from Giant, and they're pretty impressive. For the listeners that don't know, DT Swiss uses these things called star ratchets instead of pawls. And pawls are these little, fairly small pieces of metal that um, usually have a spring that pushes them back into place, and they make that tick, 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 tick sound as you coast. And they also engage as you pedal and, and drive the wheel forward. And the DT star ratchets are a two large kind of pucks with teeth on them that engage with each other, and they're a lot more robust and reliable than the typical Paul system. And right. they're kind of pressed together by um, springs on either side, in, inside and outside. Much right. bigger than the tiny springs that push Pauls back into place in most cases. Yes, yes. very much so. And And with the DT system... Very easy to service and pop apart, regrease. Um, they're they're super easy to service, super easy to. Uh, but it's so simple. It's like so, like nothing, hardly anything ever goes wrong with. And them. if you if your mechanic doesn't set your limit screw properly, or if you bend your derailleur hanger and you shift past the large cog on your cassette, you can just push that free hub body off and get your chain out of there with minimal minimal stress. Yes. Yeah. And that's, then push the free hub body back on. Yep. Well, and also for the um, XD driver, being able to take that whole assembly off without actually having to take the cassette off the driver, it's a benefit. Oh, right. Because if you want to, like, say, 
if for any reason you want to pull your cassette out of there and and that XD lock ring, it's it's a little iffy. It's an expensive cassette. We've seen a lot of rounded out teeth, mm-hmm. ruined ruined four hundred dollar cassettes. The torque spec is very specific, and then it can still seize on there. Yeah, and so if you like, for myself, I I've gone through a period of transition where I've got different. Say I have a um, uh, I was running one by eleven, and I was running two by ten, and but both were on uh, DT Swiss compatible hubs. And so the ability to pull off the entire cassette assembly, cassette driver assembly from one bike and move it onto the other uh, without actually yeah. having to take the cassette off of the, the one bike was, was very convenient. Yeah. You'll need to move over the drive side hub axle spacer too, right? That's right. Which actually is helpful when you can pull that whole cassette off. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It pops over all at once. Just a little side note, a little tip of the cap to Santa Cruz is there are two different driver, I guess, Paul engagement uh, systems from DT. There's the fine tooth and the coarse mm, tooth. 18, right. 18 points of engagement versus 36, 36. points of engagement. Right. All the, in my experience so far, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Santa Cruz on all their bikes that spec DT hubs spec 36. Which is kind of cool. I kind of like the 18 because it's more bomb-proof. The 36 is a little more finicky and needs a little more maintenance. Fair enough. But, but it, I do like the quicker engagement. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want a ton of engagements, you go King or, or I-9. Right. King is, is pretty bomb-proof. They're, they're pretty good. They're very, they're very serviceable, and, but, man, they're expensive. That's true. I really no more expensive than a 240, but... To your point about the same weight as a 350. Right. Yep. I still have the original King hub set that I bought on the very first mountain bike that I bought from the Path Bike Shop back in 19... Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) 2002. Rebuilding a King hub with the King ring drive tool and the King ring drive lube is a pretty special experience. It's... Yes. It's lengthy. It's lengthy, but it's therapeutic it's therapeutic <laughs> it's 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 amazing i mean it's everything is like it's it it's it, you feel like you're working on like um a swiss watch yeah or like a piece of like a rocket ship that's meant to be relaunched like something really kind of intricate and fine and and, and you get it gets so clean and the amazing i mean that so that hub set that i have is 12 years old and it runs like new. Yeah. Original free hub body? Original free hub body. Hmm. Now, so I have worn out a free hub body from King before. Mm, well, King has, that. they Take have two the different. Helical drive splines. Right. Because they have an aluminum one and a steel one. I've never worn out a steel one. Yeah. But there's a big weight penalty with getting the, the steel one. Yeah. I, I can't relative, bring. I mean, it's relative. Yes. I've got well, a Well, XD steel only. Is it? I think the XD driver is steel only on the Chris King. Oh, very interesting. I could be wrong. There's, uh, it maybe it's an aluminum only, but there's no choice. You're making me sigh. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that. This could be an unconfirmed piece of information from from me here. Anyway, ah, oh, we di- digress on. I do have Chris King hubs out of Portland. 
You know, that's so true. So I actually still have my trials bike. Ah, <laughs> and it's got a Chris King on it. It does. Me too. And it has a steel free up body. The only acceptable trial solution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's true too. With a, um, oh gosh, is it a, a, a I want to say DM36, but I'm not sure that's the right. It's a monster rim. It's a monster rim. Yeah. For for the mm. listeners, once upon a time, back in the day, this whole path group, including all three of us here, got uh, scooped into the uh, observed trials um, obsession M- movement. Interest I once movement. watched Nathan side hop his bike up onto about a two-foot-high planter that was about eight inches wide pop up onto his rear wheel, turn 90 degrees on his rear wheel, back hop on his rear wheel to a different planter that was maybe five feet away on his rear wheel. There was once upon a time when I was quite competent in trials. I have pictures of Nathan trials in (laughs) T-Winkle Park in Costa Mesa. Uh, Yeah, that that was fun. That was a a good part. Tuesday night urban trials rides on the path. Yep, yep. I I can't. I mean, I know there's still some people doing it, but man, is that side of the sport just like non-existent? It's weird. I know. I, Get out the grinder, grind the uh, grind the rims down. Oh yeah, grinding the rims, all that Roll stuff. Them out. Street tar. <laughs> I had I had this out, like. Yeah. So one of the things with a with bike trials we used to do is put tar on the rims to get brakes to stick harder to the rims because you wanted no slowdown. You wanted stopping on or off on or off brakes, and so we pry up old street tar a lot of people said to use roofing tar but it'd take too long to dry out i found if you go out with a screwdriver and get chunks of street tar out wad it up and keep it in your pocket or in a, i had it in a film canister in my pocket you put a little bit on the rim and it <laughs> stuck like crazy it was awesome with the uh, Ma- mega um what is the hs33 brakes yeah the magura rim brakes yep. they still that's probably the only place they sell magura rim brakes is on like the six trials bikes sold a year now <laughs> we were we were servicing in the shop just this week a, an old giant lts with magura hydraulic rim brakes and a trunnion mount oh, oh no. wow <laughs> man good times yeah yeah well if, if either of you well i think two of the three of us still might have our trials and bike trials i bikes. have my trials bike it's I a, it's hanging up in the Tustin shop right now yeah. from the ceiling. Wait, do you still have yours? I don't actually. I'm I I sold mine years ago. I I basically told myself that I was going to do it again. I was going to order a new one. And there's just a few places online that you can get these bikes. And there's you know a couple of companies that are still making trials bikes, um, but they're relatively inexpensive. I think retail you can get a decent trials bike complete at a thousand bucks. But everything's changed a lot too now. Even the stock trials bikes, and stock meaning 26-inch wheels, um, have front free wheels, um, mm. single speed. Because when we were doing trials, you had to have gears for competition. My trials bike is currently a single speed, but not a front free wheel. Rear free wheel, single speed? Yeah. Um, oh, and there was that old White Industries free, free wheel. Yes. That was higher engagement for trials. Highly sought Pretty after. Pretty sweet. That's right. That's right. 72-point engagement or something like that. That was the acceptable substitution to a king. Yeah. It's quasi-affordable. <laughs> anyway, yes, once upon a time, this this group here for the listeners used to play in the bouncy, bouncy world of trials. Bouncy, bouncy, hoppy, hoppy. 
Man, before the- before we became obsessed with flow. Yes. That's right. That's right. I actually that's how I got to hang out and get to know Brad Welch. Oh, uh, that's sorry, right. Brad. That's right. <laughs> Brad, wherever you are. Brad, star, star mechanic of the Path Bike Shop for many years and, and also trial star and um, total freak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, trials and that was a good time. So I might have to go find those pictures. <laughs> it's a good workout. It's a good core workout. It so is. Hard. Yeah. So, even just like rocking your bike, you know, where you go front wheel, back wheel, front wheel, back wheel with the brakes and kind of ratcheting. Yep, yep, yep. That's a good workout. Yeah, absolutely. I could see actually how that actually the the trials and helps. Uh, whenever I watch Nathan down some extremely steep, technar slow speed stuff, the that, nose pivot comes into play. The maybe nose a hop pivot, yep. Once in a while, yeah. It's, <laughs> once you get those trial skills in your pocket, when you need them, you pull them out <laughs> because I, I see you use them like. From time to time, even when they're not totally needed. Yeah, I well, it's, it was so many hours. Like it was a weird, weird time. You know, it was like in college when I had a lot of free time that I uh, um, kind of picked it up and, and honed that skill. And um, but it's it's nice to have those skills in the, in my pocket. You know, I actually had a funny experience this weekend. I was out riding with a buddy, and um, he he's kind of newish to the mountain bike side of stuff. Totally very fit guy, but he's still working on some of the more technical sides of mountain biking, like tight switchbacks and stuff. And I realized I was showing him a line, but inherently pulling a trials hop or a trials recorrect in the corner. And I, I was talking to him, and as we were discussing, I was like, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know how to show you how to do this without, without having that, that <laughs> skill in, your, in my pocket. I was like, it's so second nature to me. I'm actually... Pretty poor mountain bike instructor, but <laughs> just uh, think you could have been spending all that college time getting amazing at ping pong. <laughs> I I could have, you know, you you joke. I recently watched a documentary on Netflix on ping pong. Those are some very accomplished people. I know, I know a lot of people who got really good at ping pong in college. Table tennis. You got to watch uh, ping pong players. It's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun game. So if you ever if you ever uh, search on Netflix for ping pong players, that might be a it's not a documentary. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> well, the one I watched was a documentary, and it was chronicling some young young players trying to get to the Olympics. And it was, it was very impressive. Apparently, well, there's a ping pong club in New York, like a nightclub. And they feature these, they bring in these top ping pong players to basically play like exhibition games because it's so awesome to watch. And they're like, we're gonna have our nightclub, and we're just watch these rad dudes play ping pong. Yeah, for sure. Well, now that you watch the actual actual documentary, ping pong players, it's kind of a mockumentary. Not it's a it's comedy, but nice. <laughs> you'll I, appreciate it. I have to look this up. <laughs> Anyways, so <clears throat> I I did want to maybe touch, you know, touch touch on our ride this weekend, uh, the Sart ride. Oh yeah, Santa River Trail. So this was the first time. Have you ridden SART before, Tony? I have not. Oh, my gosh. So this was the very first time I've ridden it, and probably between the two of us, you know, maybe combined total biking experience, mountain bike experience, without ever riding SART here in Southern California might be among the top. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, like, highest ranked for how many hours we've put in without writing start. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. One, one percenters. We're and also one. adding to that, like, hours on a single speed without writing start. Oh, yeah, very much yeah. so. Because, because that, I think maybe even higher on that one. Yeah, that is true. Because that is actually a single speed. I know actually. it's a single speeder's favorite. Oh, it is. Very much so. I can see that. I like a different kind of single speeding. You know, I've never been attracted to that trail is why I've never ridden it. And just the reports I hear about it. Um, it sounds like the kind of thing I would love to have ridden and love to ride, but not exactly the kind of trail I seek out. Or drive an hour and 15 minutes to go ride. But you know Basically. what? <laughs> like with this, I, this was, um, it was a great experience and I would gladly do it again. Um, Especially the pace that we the pace that we rode it at, and um, it was a beautiful day. I've heard it described as high on the effort output versus the NAR output, even if you shuttle it. Uh, yes, yes, it's, I can it totally is not. That. It is not a NAR. It is unless a, you fall off the exposure, which yes. would be NAR. Yeah, I, <laughs> we we actually lost a customer to that trail. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a shame to hear. Respect, yeah. There's uh, a couple spots where I could see that happening. The majority of it, what I what I came to realize on SART is it's a lot of riding on really narrow. It is it is very narrow, but it's it's relatively low. There's low consequence of slipping off the trail. Yes, probably ninety ninety. Nine ninety-five to ninety-nine percent of the time, there's low consequence of of slipping off the trail, even though the trail is very narrow. Yeah, well, it's not all exposed. There's a lot of narrow stuff, and it's to- very there's much trail so. everywhere. There's ground everywhere. They're very not near so. an edge. And even if e- even on some of the, you know, there's a lot of medium exposure, so you might slip off and you might slip down the trail, but you're not going to fall very far. Right. The but, one, the one scary cliff section we walked. Yeah, that and it is a scary cliff section. Yeah, no doubt. But you know, you come up on it, and you're not, you're not hitting it at Mach three when no. you come up on it, anyways. And and most of the trail, you, the vast, vast, vast majority of the trail, you don't hit really high speeds. Um, right. Like Nathan said, you know, there's there's once you kind of pedal up to the top of the trail, it's mostly down. Mostly down. Yeah. Not all down and no. not prolonged down, just mostly down. <laughs> right. It's a it's a windy ride through the woods kind of ride. It's mm-hmm. not a... Uh, and one of the things I warned, warned Doc on the ride was, hey, uh, once we kind of did the fire road climb and we got to, you know, the top, quote unquote, of the trail, I said, it's we're going to be on this for a while and it may border on monotonous because <laughs> it just keeps going it it does and one of the things i've always wanted what i've always thought would be you know great is one thing you don't have in southern california is miles of single track where it's not really steep up and really steep down right and that's what sart is once you kind of pedal up the fire road um it, it starts off with you know a, a short pedal up a fire road and then you drop in and it's probably a a 10 or 15 minute single track down right uh, which is fantastic yeah and then it's probably a good 
45 minute to an hour climb? Yeah. So the way we dropped in, yeah, we dropped down the single track and then got on the fire road and then climbed up to kind of where people start. I believe it's called like Seven Oaks area. Right. And then, uh, and then, yeah, then we caught the single track. Yeah. So it's, it's a long climb. I mean, it was a long climb. Um, nothing steep, uh, nothing extreme, just, <laughs> just a long climb. Good, good time to catch up and talk. And then, uh, miles, miles of single track, swoopy single track, kind of mostly down, down and up, um, single track through the, through the woods. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. And I envision that, I mean, I guess more for a eye opening experience for us, maybe is I envision, Hey, this is what the people in the Midwest are riding or in other parts of the country and why they would wonder, why do you ever need more than Four inch, four or five inches of travel. Like we were on our five inch travel bikes and going like, eh, I don't need this. Like, oh, this not even way close. overkill. <laughs> exactly. Well, that would be a big elevation change for some areas. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And so it made me want to cruise down to the shop and get that hard that carbon Hanzo <laughs> soon. <laughs> soon. Yeah. So to all the listeners, go in and buy that Hanzo before Octa's. <laughs> I'd love to see someone. Buy that, build it up, and and see that see that out on the trails. They're gonna be a happy whoever buys that thing's gonna be a happy camper, oh, and they should the go truth. ride Sard on it. That's the truth. That's the truth. So, anyways, it was it was a great Saturday. Um, it was probably, Monday. Oh, Monday. I'm sorry. It wasn't. It was, yeah, we did it on the fourth. That's right. Um, great long ride. If man, um, highly recommended. Yeah. And for us, it's nice to get in the trees because so much of our Southern California, Orange County stuff is shrub and not a lot of shade. This this was a lot in the trees and in the shade, which was fun. Exactly. So anyway, little ride recap yeah, at I that loved point. It. I loved it. Sounds awesome. Um, I see Tani going to the computer. Did you want to do a couple of listener questions? Mm, I'm looking at what Paint Bike launched on 2017 Kona. Oh, Okay. Pretty sweet. Oh yeah, we didn't. We did not talk about the new, the new Hey Hey's. Twenty-seven and a half, one forty Hey Hey. That 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 was the big news because yeah we so in the Kona line one of the bikes that they had brought out this year was the twenty-nine Hey Hey, which their XE racers have been racing. We saw a early release that there was going to be a carbon one. Super excited about that. Um, but that was a 100 millimeter 29er frame, which they were specking with 120 forks to make it essentially trail worthy. But now, uh, as per the Pink Bike article, we're seeing that um, there's going to be 27.5 versions that are 140, 140 millimeter travel, which look really appealing. Which those are going to be toe to toe with the um, with the new Giant Trances. Yeah, from a from a you know deciding standpoint, I guess. Or maybe mo- slightly more up against like a fifty ten or a Spider twenty seven and a half or a okay. Rocky Mountain um, Thunderbolt. That makes sense. Um, a little less travel than a Trance. Well, the Trance is one forty, right? One. Or did it bump? It is one forty. You're right. So it's the same travel as a Trance. You're yeah, one forty, one forty. No, you're right. It kind of goes up against a Trance. And the and and all the other bikes you just listed the yeah more the trance though like you said yeah it's got the flex stay instead of a pivot out on the on the seat stay which I find interesting have you ridden I haven't ridden one of those 
One of the new Hanzos or new Heihei's? Yeah, with the with the um Flex Day. Flex Fu- Day. Are they calling it Fusion Fuse, right. Fusion or Fuse? Fuse? Yeah. I've not ridden the Kona version of that design. There's a handful of them out there. I think isn't that the split pivot? Same as uh, split pivot. You have an actual pivot that that's um, concentric around the axle. Oh, uh, right. This you have a flexing seat stay. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to to kind of check that out. I think the geometry on that looks looks awesome. The geo looks good, and I mean, just from an aesthetic standpoint, I'm I'm always a huge fan of rocker bikes. I mean, the Trance uh, and the Hey Hey are both rocker bikes, but man, that super tight little knuckle rocker on the Hey Hey, that bike looks just, it looks cool. I really, I, I think that's a really cool thing. When the rocker gets short like that, it gets stiff and it gets light. Yep. Yeah. And at least the, the, the Hey Hey that you had in the shop last year, I threw a leg over and just the, the rear suspension felt good. It didn't feel like stiff off the top. It felt like it was going to be fairly sensitive in the beginning of the of the travel and ramp up pretty well. It, I was just kind of parking lotting it. It it felt really good. You know, this kind of flexing seat stay suspension design for a long time. I, I've been a little bit leery of it, and I've ridden it, and it always felt okay for XC XC trail type applications. Seems like it's gaining traction. A lot of people are doing it. Uh, yeah, because the, the Felt 140 bike does it as well. Yeti, Felt, mm-hmm. Kona, um, just um, just to name some. Right. And I think it seems like it's gaining gaining popularity. Yeah, well, I think you know the bikes have been out there long enough, and we're seeing them hold up. That people are kind of gaining faith in it, and maybe even within the industry, other companies are gaining faith to try it. You know, uh, so not only are the customers gaining faith in it, but the other companies are gaining faith to give it a shot. Marin, yeah, Marin, that's right. Marin on their 140 bike does the a flex day as well. Yeah, light, laterally stiff, low maintenance. Yeah, it's and interesting. The bikes, I mean, the bikes look great. Look, I'm looking forward to seeing those, and and I, I really get the impression because, and they've kind of mentioned this, I think, in the article, is that the, uh, the hey hey, you know, the hey hey, has is 140, 140, and then there's the process 134 bike, but it's it's almost like where those bikes came from kind of dictate the purpose, and I think the the hey hey is going to be that more that rider looking for more that trail snappy bike. Whereas, say, the customer going for the Process 134 is more of the bruiser, maybe more of the enduro racer, um, whereas the Hey Hey is like a long-legged, uh, fast, light trail bike. Yeah, like XC Trail versus Trail Enduro. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's funny. We, we have yet another segment of the trail <laughs> category, <laughs> but yeah. Just to throw a bunch of words around. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. all we're doing. Yep. No, I think that's a good good way of putting it. It's kind of like where the heritage of the bike came from. And obviously the heritage of the Hey Hey came from the cross-country race side. Um, but it's, uh, I really think that's going to be a fun bike to ride. Long days, lots of climbing, and, and technical, difficult downhills. I see myself, for that style, maybe more a Hey Hey guy. Yeah. I the, think I like 27.5 for the longer travel. But I think 
for that kind of snappy XE trail, super light enduro. I think I'm a 29er guy. Okay, meaning you would go with the Hey Hey versus the Hey Hey Trail, or a Tall Boy versus a Fifty Ten, or yeah, yeah, because you're you've been riding that Tall Boy a little bit, yeah. Well, yeah, and maybe maybe talk about that a little more because that's a that's a really really common debate for for as you get to the shorter travel, that's where the wheel size decider kind of comes into play. You know, the longer travel, it's pretty established that. Most people lean towards the 27.5, not always, but there's more 27.5 options at the longer travel, but at the shorter travel, at the trail line, because most people, XC race, most people go 29. So on the shorter travel, I think there's less of a compromise on geometry. You can keep the chain stays short in the bottom bracket low. Yeah. Um, I think there's an interesting intersection where with the 29, you can you can make the head angle a little steeper and still have a lot of steering trail and still have a lot of bottom bracket drop. So it's a very stable bike that's hard to go over the bottom bracket, but it's still a shorter wheelbase that's flickable on the kind of the, the mid-speed kind of county trail type stuff. Okay. And yeah. I, you know, I just, I really, I really feel like for me, 29 climbs better. And this is a category of bike where I feel like that's it's a priority. Edge, it's an edge that matters. Okay. And compared to a a twenty seven and a half that doesn't climb quite as well, the twenty the comparable twenty nine has better straight line stability, more confidence to lean it over hard in a turn. Reminds me a little bit more of a gravity bike in terms of those those dynamics comes to life at a little higher speed. You're uh, you're making a very compelling argument that's making me want to follow suit and get a tall boy to replace my fifty ten. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I don't think this is the one right answer for everyone. And I think the fifty tens are very relevant bike, and I had a lot of fun on my fifty ten. And the tall boy is very new. I might ride one trail I haven't ridden on it yet, and be like, "That's it. I'm going back to the fifty ten. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I'm really enjoying the climbing. I'm enjoying the high speed stability. I'm enjoying how, how the confidence in leaning it over in turns. I'm enjoying the way it arcs turns. And I really feel like it it really is a great like twenty nine versus twenty seven and a half comparison going from the fifty ten to the tall boy three. Fifty ten to tall boy three. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty compelling argument. I was just looking at that new anthem uh, advanced SX. That looks good too. I really wish Giant had made a twenty nine. I've talked to them about this. If There's they, rumors that they might release a Trans 29, a new Trans 29 in Europe, which kind of breaks my heart if they're not going to release it in the U.S. You're going to make one and you're not going to let me have it. <laughs> if that's true, yeah. then, well, then that's true. <laughs> that's true. What am I going to say or do? What are MOQs to get one in the States? I've talked to them about the whole, like, what if, you know, like, how many containers do I have to order? <laughs> <laughs> Or not that I've not that I've talked to anyone at Giant about a Trans Twenty Nine or I don't know what's happening. I may or may not know what's happening, and Giant may or may not have said anything to me. But I want a Trans Twenty Nine in America. I yeah I I'm I'm with you. I would I would love to throw a leg over one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. 
Well, I mean, and even, gosh. And a new Anthem SX-29, too, yeah, as that's, well. That's along with what we've been talking about, the 5010 Tallboy 3, you know, Anthem Advanced SX. Yep. 29er thing, gumabob thing. Yep. Yeah, that would be awesome. Because I, I think I rode your, your Anthem uh, Advanced. That was a snappy bike and a good climber. I, all my I, all my like talking about how well 29s climb aside that bike climbed really well anthem advanced sx 27 and a half well and giant you, how long did you have that about six months my typical 10 months or so time frame okay you know like 10 rides <laughs> mixed, in, mixed in with make, five other bikes makes <laughs> for 10 months just kidding i think i probably got 30 rides in on it I think you raced that. I raced with you on that. I did race it. <laughs> Where'd you race that bike? Over, Over the, the hump. hump. Oh, nice. I got so- solemnly trounced. <laughs> <laughs> Shellacked, as they say. Uh, but there's no visions of grandeur in your mind. There was a little more visions of grandeur in, in my mind. I knew I was fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, ooh, the tall boy three. Tallboy 3, I'm not sure for me with the extra Bs, but Tallboy 3 and 29er kind of fitment. Or, or just that style of bike, the 29-inch trail bike with like a little bit of enduro flair. Yeah. Light, lightweight XC trail enduro. What, it's, what it's, yeah, it's the new school aggressive XC bike. That's It's more than 100 millimeters of travel with aggressive angles and, and more aggressive forks, and you can get, get rowdy on it. Or you could go right start on it and really enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think I still would have been in the pain cave on that climb out, though. <laughs> That's right. I, yeah, loop, looping back to our start ride, the the way that I where we park and you got to finish on a climb and you got to finish on a 40, 35, 40 minute climb to get back to the car, which is always a tough, tough way of finishing a ride, especially when it's starting to get warm and we've ridden pedal for a, a little of, while yeah. pedal a lot of miles but you know it was even at that uh enjoyable company um <laughs> enjoyable company the whole time yeah it was it was a good weekend ride <laughs> i love it if awk was in the pain cave we can only imagine what most people would have been feeling <laughs> at that time awk is usually pretty hard to get into the pain cave yeah he'll hang around he'll hang out around the doorstep of the pain cave all day long <laughs> and like talk to, talk to people who are inside the pain cave maybe encourage him a little bit <laughs> yep uh but what was really interesting is literally 100 yards from the end of the ride nathan sees it and i don't see it because i'd never been on the ride and he says oh look we're like there's the end of the ride and as soon as he said it some like physiological response i relaxed a little bit or something and immediately started cramping (laughs) (laughs) when i go into the pain cave i always make picture some numbers drawn on the back of my calves like a tri racer, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. So uh, on your on your shoulder too. Yeah, exactly. I picture myself a lot skinnier than I am too. It's really pretty awesome. <laughs> it's a great, great mental. Man, image. It, it's a great. There pain. I am. You've really got a, skinny with numbers all over me. <laughs> you've got a really pleasant pain cave to go to. <laughs> Going for it. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was good times. It was good times. So, but uh, 
you know, as far as, um, yeah, I, I look forward to uh, getting back to some maybe a little more aggressive writing and what have you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, guys, do you want to do you want to do some listener questions or we're, we're not mm. totally prepped for those? Maybe I got to go this. home. OK, so yeah, this is my birthday question. tomorrow. Hey, I gotta oh, get ready. I gotta mentally birthday. prepare myself to get a year older. <laughs> <laughs> well, ha- happy pre-birthday. Yep. Well, thank you're right. you. You're you're catching up to me. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Uh, thank you to all our listeners again. Um, uh, happy to provide you another show. Keep listening. Keep keep visiting the shop. Uh, participate in the hashtag on Instagram. Um, and uh, email us questions. We will we'll get to some questions next time. Uh, and uh, with that, we say uh, good evening and thanks again. It's not our last run. Good night, We're all. just going to do one more and see how we feel. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> good night. Thanks again to Wausau24 for sponsoring this episode. Head over to Wausau24.com and hurry up, people. They are giving you 15% off, but only for a few more days. You have until july 15th to type in the code july 15 into the box at registration and uh, get yourself 15 percent off